0: Without further ado, Sam, take me to the top five, please. in approach phase.
1: looking good. It's time for the Hinkle Law Office's top five. Hinkle Law Offices representing motorcycle riders across New Mexico since 1990. Visit HinkleLawOffices.com. Take it away, Sam Hauser. Well, speaking of former Dodgers, as we start with who's in, who's out, of course, number five, always who's in, and sliding smooth like Trey Turner, Peter Trevisani kind of sneaking this in yesterday when he was on with us for our weekly conversation that he was not done bringing in new additions to New Mexico United, and we get the word this morning, defender Zico Bailey joining United, adding to that back line that's already solid as is, turns 23 on Sunday, so... New Mexico United plays tomorrow night, and then they play at home again on Saturday. And after that game, it'll be time to start celebrating that 23rd birthday for Zico Bailey. He's from the Las Vegas area. He's from Henderson, Nevada. Played one year of college soccer at Cal State Fullerton, and then jumped right to the pros and not even just the pros. He's been around franchises that have really established themselves as some of the strongest winning cultures in United States soccer. Drafted by FC Cincinnati in 2020, right after they made their jump from USL up to MLS. Spent some time in San Antonio, which is one of the gold standards of USL as it stands now. So, he's got some of that winning experience. He hasn't played a whole lot. This is one of those cases that you heard uh, Peter Trevisani talk about. Sometimes, you need to send a guy on to give him better uh, chances to play. He's going to do that here, but he's been on teams that know about winning.
0: Well, yeah, and... They need if they ever needed depth. There, th- how many more games? I think eleven more games. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, man, they this are it. they are going to push. Okay, they could play it close to the vest. They are pushing, and uh, this Zico Bailey gotta like everything you hear about him, Sam. The age, uh, the travel, the, the number of minutes he's played competitively for his age, especially. The other thing I like about him, his name is Zico Bailey, okay? With with all the different names that we've gotten here lately, and st- including Shandire, uh, Shneider-Borjolin, Sh- yes. and some of the other ones, okay, uh, I'm going to not mess up this one as often. Can't wait for Zico Bailey. We'll see if he plays tomorrow or he'll be on Saturday or next Wednesday. Whenever it is, it's good news for United
1: Who else is in uh, there, Sammy? Bobby Miller getting the start for the Dodgers tonight, wrapping up what has quietly been one of the best seasons all time by a Dodgers rookie pitcher. You know, you talk about some of the all-time greats for the Dodgers. Bobby Miller's putting himself into that conversation. Already this year, he became the first pitcher in the modern era to go at least five innings with no more than four hits and one run allowed in each of his first four starts. The numbers have been great all year. And he's getting the start tonight, and and the Dodgers need all the help that they can get in that rotation. It was it wasn't even that long ago we were a little bit worried about so many young guys filling up this rotation. While Kershaw is hurt, while other guys are hurt, while you know Julio was having a little bit of struggles, but Bobby Miller is here to be a big league pitcher.
0: And, you know, he. Uh, it, it, this is kind of what they thought he would be on track for when the Dodgers drafted him number 29 overall in 2020. It's 2023 now. That's a, a, a perfect time frame to uh, nurture a pitcher along. And these statistics for stuff like velocity and movement, uh, has it, it ranks up there with the ja- uh, Jacob Degrom, the Garrett Cole? Uh, I am just like he, it's like a five tool player, except he's like a five tool pitcher. Uh, he's got uh, the electric fastball. Uh, he's got uh, incredible movement. By the way, I was like asking you, how do they even monitor this movement? You told me there's cameras all over the place uh, in Major League Baseball. Uh, his changeup, his curveball, all those things uh you know make him like a five tool pitcher uh, so anyway we'll see what happens tonight nasty you
1: know, we had those conversations where you know nasty is a good word nasty and filthy and that's bobby miller yes seven and two three seven oh era and you, and keep in mind as well he was drafted in 2020 there was not a minor league season in 2020 so he's had even less work and still giving the dividends. And,
0: and here's an exclamation point. Like I mentioned his slider, his changeup, so on. A, okay, his four-seam fastball averages out at 99.2. Steamy. Uh, that is more steamy than any of these names, including DeGrom, uh, Hunter Green, uh, Mason Miller. I mean, some of the hardest throwers. And here, uh, Bobby Miller uh, has got all that stuff and more. We'll see what happens. He's on the road and... Cleveland, and um, you know that's no easy task for a guy with uh, not that much experience. We'll keep an eye on him, though. I like you pointing this out. All right.
1: Uh, who else is in, Sam? Well, speaking of young pitchers on the fast track, this one's even faster for Paul Skeens, just drafted by, uh, by the Pittsburgh Pirates in the summer in the MLB draft, former Air Force Falcon, now a former College World Series Most Outstanding Player with LSU. He's already on the fast track, moving his way up to AA already. He made one start in the Florida Complex League for the Pirates. Pitched one inning there. That was enough to get him to high A, where he pitched three innings. That enough to get him to AA, where he's expected to start one of the better uh, minor league baseball names. Where's he
0: going to start this weekend? The
1: Altoona Curve. The AA Pirates affiliate, Altoona, Pennsylvania. Altoona Curve. Altoona Curve. How cool would it be to get the
0: start for the Altoona Curve and by the way in case people are wondering Paul Skeens Sam went through it quickly he used to pitch at the Air Force Academy he's faced the Lobos he was part of the league but he went to LSU and then you know he got drafted and all that and and Sam is following him Sam is like the president of the New Mexico chapter of the Paul Skeens fan club who is out Sam
1: we didn't get to this yesterday, and this was just because it was an omission straight out of the old days of Pardon the Interruption when Tony Reale would come on at the end and do errors and omission segment. The timing is massive, especially with the production the Dodgers are getting out of Bobby Miller, but Dave Roberts making the decision over the weekend to put Tony Gonsolin on the 15-day injured list after he got just unthinkably destroyed by the Marlins over the weekend. Ten earned runs in three and a third innings, and it's likely that we've seen the last... According to Dave Roberts, uh, yeah, so that we've seen the, the li- key that we've seen, likely that we've seen the last of Tony Gonsolin here in 2023, which is just so so sad. I mean, he's a fan favorite. He
0: is, and he came through the system, and it's the same injury as ha- he had that uh, last
1: year. Yeah, it's the same. In- it's the same uh, right forearm injury that limited him to just four innings and in, and uh, in a loss against the Padres in the division series. It's that same forearm strain. So. Not taking any chances this time. I mean, nothing is official, but Dave Roberts is basically getting the Dodger fans ready to not see Tony Gonzalez until 2024. All right,
0: uh, and who else is out? By the way, True or False Tuesday, if you had not won in the last four weeks, we're going to do that around 425, so stay tuned And the prize pack. We got United
1: tickets, and we got some other great stuff. Okay, who else is out, Sam? Well, I got on the hype train, and a little bit too late, uh, the Baltimore Ravens falling 29-28 to the Commanders. A heck of a preseason game. I mean, this was just a heck of a football Agreed. game last night. Agreed. Commanders win 29-28, so the preseason win streak for the Ravens comes to an end. It went back to 2015. Joey Sly with what was essentially a walk-off 49-yard field goal to end it and give Washington the win in regulation. And so, of course, John Harbaugh asked about the win streak coming to an end in the post game and given about the most John Harbaugh, Harbaugh family answer you could imagine. You're proud of it, of course, you know, you you appreciate it, but the thing that you're proud of is all those games
0: are mostly just like that. You know, preseason games that people want to write write about, some of you in here want to write about and say they don't mean anything because you never played the game. You never were out there in a preseason game. You never were fighting for a spot on the team. And yet you have the audacity to say that the effort that somebody puts into that to win and fight and win a game like that is meaningless. Tell me it was meaningless out there what you just saw. If you like football, is that a meaningless football game? You know, I can't respect anybody that says that because of the effort these guys put into it. That's what's that's what you're proud of. And that's that's why I'm so proud of these guys for the way they fought. How to win or loss? It matters. It matters the way they the way they went about their business tonight, and I'm proud of them for that. Always will be.
1: That's Harbaugh football. Uh, yeah. So
0: tell us uh, exactly how you feel, Coach Harbaugh, Coach John Harbaugh. I
1: mean, no kidding.
0: Yeah. Like, But he made a lot of sense, and what he meant was, like, so many games are like that. He's right. Preseason games are very close, usually, and... The, it's that extra, you know, attention to detail or whatever that does make you win because the other team like wants to win at every, um, uh, you know, every bit as much as you do. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the purpose of preseason—that's on another point. But once the 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 ball is kicked off, I mean, I I can't agree with them more. Uh, so Joey Sly, Joey Sly, gets the walk off forty nine yarder. All right. So, what did I tell you about kickers, Sam? You want them to have more swagger. swagger okay, For first of all, if your name is Joey Sly, you got swagger, okay? That's so, right. I did a little research on old Joey. Went to Virginia Tech, undrafted, which also makes my point of how the margin between the Best kicker in the world, Justin Tucker. we'll, we'll leave him out of this because he's that. Good. He's an outlier. Okay, so yeah. anyway, the the margin between the number ten kicker in the NFL and the number one hundred kicker that's out there trying to make an NFL team is very, very minimal. And so Joey Sly, great name. I am sure he's got some swagger. Nails the uh, <laughs> the game winner for the uh, Commanders, and then uh, they puts to bed this winning streak for uh, the uh, Baltimore Ravens, whatever you think of it. Um, he, You know, that's got to make the, the folks in Washington feel pretty good about their kicker, oh, Joey Sly. The
1: whole team, yeah, everybody in Washington celebrating today. Just to kind of put into context how long ago 2015 was, even though it doesn't seem like that long ago, Justin Tucker is the only Raven that was on that team when they lost a preseason game in 2015. Most of the active roster, most of the starting 22 for the Ravens that'll be on the field this year weren't even in the NFL yet. They were, they were children.
0: And, and actually, Sam, that's way more common than you realize, okay? I'm just telling you, like, Zach Gentry in his fifth year with the Steelers, I think is, like, one of... Uh, three guys that have been with the team that long—that's where that whole percentage of the, you know, the players that are getting second contracts come into play. Yeah, uh, you know. So anyway, no longevity and greatness for Justin Tucker,
1: Steve 20- Smith Senior, and Chris Canty, who's now on ESPN Radio, were on that Ravens team. Chris Canty, Steve Smith Senior, former uh, former Notre Dame quarterback Jimmy Clausen. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's the guy, Mel Kiper. Uh, predicted was gonna be like
0: a uh, a Hall of Famer or something, and we came to find out that like somehow Jimmy Clausen's agent and Mel Kuyper Jr. were like really close friends, like wedding Oops. in the, you know that type of thing. So anyway, uh, but Kiper got over that whole prediction on Clausen, and it is what it is. But it has been a while back, and anytime you can work in a Steve Smith Senior
1: story, I am all in there, Sammy. What is number four? Well, kind of piling on to poor Baltimore today. The Ravens have their win streak come to an end in the preseason. And when it comes to the Orioles, the on-field product has been exciting. I'm still rooting for them to try to do something in the postseason, despite them giving the public every reason not to between suspending the announcer. And now an interview comes out in the New York Times with the CEO of the team, the owner's son, peter angelo is the owner his son john is the ceo did an interview with the new york times that basically explains that we are a small market team we can't pay all of our young stars and if we do try to pay our young stars we're gonna have to raise ticket prices enormously to try to keep up in baseball to which i say we all know how this works by now small market teams don't pay players the way that the Mets and Yankees do. You are not; you're, it's not a revelation. Like I, just, I don't know what he was trying to get at by pointing all this out. I, I just
0: think the guy was being honest. First of all, the whole thing with the announcer Kevin Brown, let it go because it's it's in the past, and that was just a, a bad mess up. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it, but you got to let that one go. Okay, I am going to let this one go too. You know, he's talking about the economics. And right now, Baltimore has, of the 30 teams, Baltimore has the 28th payroll amount. And they're right now as good a team as there is in baseball. The team right ahead of them is Tampa. They're at 27th. And last time I checked, they were pretty competitive for the last number of years. Now, number 29 and 30, that's the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and Oakland A's. We'll put them off to the side. But I I just think that they're going to try to build through their farm system. They're not going to just all commit to money ball or whatever. They're just going to do that and do the best they can. I hear him saying, I don't want to raise the prices of our tickets uh, for our fans. I didn't hear him, like, you know, using it like his leverage on raising the ticket prices. So, Anyway, I'm willing to give them a pass on that one too, uh, and uh, we'll go from there. I mean, you you bring up Tampa. Disagree?
1: Yeah, no, we we will because you bring up Tampa, who's right ahead of them. That race front office would never would never say anything like this in public.
0: They they wouldn't say it, but I don't think it's like all that bad to say it in public. I I, you know if they're practicing those principles. Then you know whether they say it or not. I don't think. I just don't think it's going to be that insulting to Oriole fans. I think they're going to be saying, you know, hey, it sounds like economical common sense to me. And I, uh, you know, what, I, what I'm also hearing is, I think, you know, I'm a, I'm a believer in this franchise that we're going to keep having competitive teams and uh, not having the
1: payroll of the Yankees and the Mets, as you mentioned. That's why you're my guiding light, glass half full. He also. Just to really punctuate it, he used the phrase "equilibrium elasticity." He could have done without that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. uh, Trying to trying to be like the big boy, you know, using your big boy words for such a uh, such a little team. We need help.
0: All right. uh, Anything else on that, Sammy?
1: Uh. uh, By the way, Orioles worth one point four billion dollars as it stands today. By the way.
0: Yeah. 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 They. They. I mean, they bought the franchise for like a hundred and seventy-five million and now it's up to 1.4 yeah Yeah. so i mean they've done i well that's just if you got into the pro sports business 25 years ago everybody is doing well i mean you can tell me what you know the a what well that's a whole different thing or whatever but you know you can go across the board anybody that had a pro franchise in 1995 and is still holding on to it you're gonna be being, you're gonna be making some bank, all right? Look at Daniel Snyder; he only owned the team for like 15 years, and he like quadrupled his money, and he ran it like an idiot. Oh, at least, yeah. All right, all right. What
1: is number three Sam? Three. 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 Number three. Well said. That was a perfect punctuation. While uh, into the NFL as well, while acknowledging that not every participant has been to every NFL stadium. Thirty of the athletics NFL beat writers ranked each NFL stadium one through thirty, just based on the best stadium in the NFL, all the way down to the worst stadium in the NFL. And I will tell you, to try to, I, I got the list in front of me here, uh, Joe, for the sake of trying to guess. Number one was not even close. It was so far ahead of all the yeah, other stadiums, man. And
0: I have not like been to that many. Football. I mean, I've been to Dallas and Arizona. Loved both of those. Maybe even like Arizona better than Dallas. I. I
1: how about the new one in L.A.? SoFi Stadium is number two. Okay, right behind. Again, let's, get, getting let's, getting half of the votes for first place. Man, close to my heart. US Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, home of the Vikings. US Bank Stadium, number one on the list.
0: So ever since they went, they got out of that Roller Dome Arena. People are raving about this one up in uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul. My goodness, I had no idea.
1: Even I would have a hard time, especially knowing that it was that far ahead of everybody else. I would probably have a little bit of a tough time going that far ahead of SoFi Stadium. But it is a great facility because I will say, without having been to SoFi Stadium, if I'm going off of my criteria... It would be at the top of the list as far as a downtown stadium. Easy to get in and out. We're we talking about the one in the U.S. US Bank. Bank Stadium. Okay, I did easy not know Easy to get that in either. and out. Okay. Parking, parking is very reasonably priced. There you go. Concessions are reasonably priced for an indoor building. The acoustics are great no matter where you're sitting. And fans don't care about this, but I appreciated it. It's an open press box. Okay,
0: well, I'll tell you, I'm in all the way on that. And I think maybe part of the reason is it's so brutally cold outside, you could walk into our office and it would be the best arena because you just want to get from being outside. I'm just kidding. I mean, some days. No, that that is a compliment. A lot of different uh venues in in uh, across the league and that is a, a huge compliment i'm digging the low prices on the parking and the concessions yada
1: yada yada and shout out to the wolf family because they let uh, the high school association use it for the state for state football and soccer tournaments why wouldn't you why wouldn't you sam and you
0: know why not put lacrosse in there if you can figure out a way to do hockey in there do it in there as well we need that kind of stuff what is number 3 sammy 2 2 2, number two.
1: I mean number two Sammy Jim Irsay doing the move that owners do that just drive it just pokes me exactly the wrong way doing the move of okay you want to trade you go find a trade you go seek a trade and then we'll and then the then the owners will talk from there that towards Jonathan Taylor as the relationship between Jim Irsay and Colts running back Jonathan Taylor continues to fall apart Taylor has been given permission to seek a trade that is the news of the day as we got from Adam Schefter last night during the Monday Night Football broadcast giving us the report of how all this is going. One of the big moves, maybe the biggest, could involve a blockbuster
0: trade that would send Jonathan Taylor somewhere. If we're looking for a comparable trade package, think back to last year when Carolina traded Christian McCaffrey to the San Francisco 49ers for second, third, fourth, and fifth-round draft picks. Not saying that's what it would take to get it done, but it's gonna take a hefty package. And my sense is, this is his chance to help boost back up the value of running backs. Not to where it was when Christian McCaffrey signed and got, say, $16 million a year, but the running backs have to start increasing their salary. And right now, it sounds like there could be, potentially, enough interest in Justin Taylor That he will get more than the franchise running back money that both Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs turned out.
1: I think one of the things that we're really not highlighting enough with all this, you know, you're talking about Saquon Barkley, even a Josh Jacobs, guys that are, you know, in their mid to late 20s. Jonathan Taylor's 24 years old. I did not know that. I, I mean, did not he, know he was th- that young. I mean, he, he had a nasty ankle injury that really beat him up last year. But two so years, did Pollard. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jonathan Taylor missed most of the season, but two years ago he was on the MVP track. I mean, this is a 24-year-old running back that is a bruiser that has the combination of, of speed and physicality. When he gets to a place where he's going to be happy playing, you're going to get to see the old Jonathan Taylor. All right, well, we got to keep moving. Okay. What, what is number one?
0: One. One. one.
1: Well, golf and gambling, the those two worlds have kind of come together the last few weeks with, re, with renowned gambler Billy Walters throwing out allegations against Phil Mickelson in his new book. This story isn't about either of those gentlemen, but rather things golfers are hearing from the gallery during tournaments, as John Rom brought to our attention. John Rahm doing media today ahead of uh, the the final PGA event at Eastlake down in Atlanta, Georgia
2: and giving us some of what he hears on the golf course i feel like we hear it every single round that happens way more often than you guys may hear i mean it's very very present In golf spectators are very close and even if they're not directly talking to you they're close enough to if they say to your buddy i bet you 10 bucks is gonna miss it you hear it so it happens more often than you think yeah i mean that's but not only that on the tee and down the fairway i mean luckily golf fans are pretty good for the most part and and you're hearing the positive, right? Like, I got 20 bucks with make birdie here, things like that. But uh, it's, no, it's more often than you think. Is that something it's, that... It's not caught on TV, maybe, yeah. but it's something that happens, yeah. Is that something that, that you think the tour ought to step in and take control over, or is it just part of the cost of being that close? You know, in a, in a game like this, where you're allowed to have your favorites, but it's not a team aspect, right? It's not a home team against a visiting team. I think the tour maybe should look into it because you don't you don't want it to get out of hand.
0: You totally don't want to get it to get out of hand, and I think the tour is aware. But the examples that he gave of somebody says, "I'll bet you ten bucks he's going to miss it." Uh, Max Homa told reporters that a fan uh, yelled that he had three bucks on him to miss a putt. You're basically just scratching the surface here, Sam. Okay. Yeah. Hey, that, that's chump change. There's a lot more money that people that are at these golf tournaments are having. And they're not doing it just with them and their buddy, they're doing it on all the different uh, sites on their phone. All right. And the um, possibility that something might Bradley Beal
1: was yelled at right uh, right and and that's okay. the difference is it's out of sight out of mind if they're just you know on their phone making a bet but when you're lining up for a putt on Sunday to try to get in a sp- No,
0: no what I'm saying we're okay if if you've got the guy who's playing against the guy that's lining up for a putt and you got a lot of money on the other guy if this guy misses the putt I mean I don't think it's going to be the stuff that people, the golfers hear amongst them, you know, the little grumblings uh, like, hey, I'll bet you 10 bucks he does this. I think it's like, you know, they're hearing stuff like, dude, I've got $1,000 on you to win, dude. Come on now and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I got you. And so I I think it's inevitable and it's not so much about the proximity. It's just going to be about the behavior, I think, long term. All right. That is a. Excellent top five. You went through it quickly. Uh, Let's close it out.
1: That's tonight's Hinkle Law Offices top five. Hinkle Law Offices representing motorcycle riders across New Mexico since 1990. Visit HinkleLawOffices.com.